So just before we finish up today's show, I want to let you know about my next group program, my health kickstart and detox. The best way to start diving into your health, if this is what you're doing and my podcast is motivating you to get started, is to start looking at nutrition, the right way to eat for your body and understanding that, as well as digestion, because you are what you absorb and not just what you eat. And so I teach how to ensure your digestive system is even turned on so that you can benefit from the food that you're putting into your body, as well as sugar. Where is it sneaking into your diet, even when you're trying to be careful? Unfortunately, it's in everything these days, and so it does tend to sneak in. So I combine all of this learning in a group program for support for you, along with setting you up for success on your detox program providing recipes and meal plans, et cetera, so that you can truly enjoy the benefits of getting those toxins out. I've never had someone get to the end of my program and go, gee, I wish I didn't do that. Instead, I get to hear all of their amazing success stories like, wow, my I have such mental clarity now. My aches and pains are gone. I'm sleeping better. My bloating and gas and indigestion is gone. So I love hearing that. It motivates me to keep sharing with others because I truly do believe when we get the toxins out, when we create a body that is inhospitable to disease and we make it a lifestyle, that we can get rid of the chronic illness that we have in our world today. So click the show notes to learn more about the program. The link is there. And if you have any questions, book a call with me so we can chat and figure out, is this the right program for you? I look forward to hearing from you. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I am here today with Laura Matquist. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. It's so great to be here today. I'm excited to have you share your story. And I just want to introduce you a little bit to the audience as well. Laura is the CEO of Yoga Fit Life and a master trainer. Yoga Fit Life has evolved through the years, but the mission all along has all along the way has been to inspire joy by empowering women on their fitness journey. Laura loves to help women embrace adventure and live a wisely fierce life. So Laura, I would love to hear you tell your story because I know there's been, you know, the ups and downs along the way to get to you to where you're at today. So please go back in time and just share how you got to this place that you're at today. 
Sure. Um, well, thank you. And I will start with, um, you know, movement has always been a big part of my life um, from even childhood. So I was a gymnast growing up and then got a scholarship for gymnastics during college. And then um, right after undergrad and before starting grad school, we and I say we because there was three of us that started the first home personal training business. So if you think about it, 30 years ago, it was a big thing. <laughs> Maybe not yes. so much today because a lot of people do it today. But it, we were definitely the first one in our area. And it was fantastic. I had a couple really wonderful mentors that I got to work with and um, got to work with a variety of people. And then certifications I ended up getting. The, the first one I got was to work with more um, collegiate or professional athletes. But then once I started personal training, it my my gears kind of shifted and I realized I really enjoyed working with with women um, in, and in the beginning, a little bit more weight loss and strength training. Um, I'd also after grad school, then I, I moved down to Atlanta and then I began my professional fitness competing career. So I was ranked top 10 in the world and it was a wonderful um a wonderful chapter of life. It was full of dieting and training and lots of um, workout routines. And so when I was competing in fitness at this time, we had two physique rounds and we had two um, routine rounds. And one of the routine rounds was a 45 second. There was like six elements that you had to do, like high kicks, one arm push ups press holds. And then you had a two minute routine round. So this is where fitness is different than bodybuilding. So bodybuilding has more of your poses where fitness, it's a high energy, two minute routine. You've got dance, you've got tumbling, you've got personality, you've got yoga moves, you've got all these like flying through the air and landing on one hand and rolling over and doing all of this like back to back to back to back to back within two minutes. So it's certainly a high energy anaerobic routine. <laughs> Your <laughs> previous awesome. gymnastics experience came in very handy for that, I presume. Absolutely. Yes. It was something that I was like, oh, sweet. I can use it still. And, and it's funny because I had piano lessons when I was a kid. And then it started like after a year four, then I would practice a song and then I would do like 10 or 12 cartwheels. And my parents were like, are you done practicing? I'm like, yeah, oh, no, I got a few more. And so it just like the sitting and playing and like, you're going to use your piano for years to come. You're going to want to be able to play for your kids. I'm like, no, but I could do carpools for them. <laughs> so it was really lovely. Like I was very blessed. My parents were able to come to a lot of my competitions. And so I grew up in Michigan and, and one of the competitions was in Ohio. So they would drive down there. And this one was the, the one of the biggest ones. It was the one that Arnold Schwarzenegger hosted. And so the first year that I got the invitation to compete into it, because you had to like apply for it. And they only took about 12 people worldwide to actually compete in it. And so when I got my first, um, I got to do my first competition and my parents came down and, and I remember I was so excited to tell my dad, I'm like, see, all my gymnastics did pay off. I'm still <laughs> using it. <laughs> He's it's like, not all about the piano lessons, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Although now I'm like, well, it would be kind of nice to be able to play a piano. <laughs>
Anyway, yeah. So, and then, um, and then moving from Atlanta, and I lived out in LA for about thirteen years, and you know, transformed to a little bit more outdoor workouts and beach trainings and um, mini retreat weekends, and so that was always a really wonderful fun experience that I could put together for women. Um, and then I finally met my husband. And so we were on our, our way, we got married and we wanted to have kids. And so that was um, a quite a long journey of IVF trials and more trials. And so finally we did get pregnant. And then after having my first son, um, because I was 41 when we had him and then I breastfed for about six months. And then because of my age, we wanted to try and see if we could have one more. And so when I was getting, um, we, they always do a kind of a workup to see how your body's reacting. If you can actually even have another one at this age, because 35, you're in the high risk category and I was already 41. So, whoa, what kind of high risk was I? Um, <laughs> but uh, so they did a blood draw and they noticed my thyroid numbers were off. So I was sent over to an endocrinologist, um, which was great because I was noticing, I, I don't know if it was, <laughs> this is one time I might say my age did come into factor, but like the no sleep nights was really difficult and trying to be functional during the day and, um, and your work, of course, is super high energy too, right? Yeah. So it's not like you just go sit in an office and sit in a chair all day long no. after having a sleepless night. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then trying to, to give out energy. And um, so even I started sleeping more, but it was like 1030. I felt like, you know, this fog had come over me. I felt like I had cinder blocks on my ankles. My body was heavy. I couldn't move. It was just it was awful. And so I felt so glad once I actually got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and quite honestly, I was a little confused in the beginning. I'm like, well, how can I have Hashimoto's if it's a, a genetic disease? I'm like, we got tested for everything, even, you know, before we got started. And, um, and I like to joke with my husband about this because the doctor said, uh, he's like, well, Brooke, you should be very happy. Your wife is genetically blessed. She doesn't carry anything. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Anyway, but, um, so, so finding out I had Hashimoto's, what we had to do was figure out how to get the thyroid in balance because you can't have kids until that's in balance. So I did have to take Synthroid and so um, varying levels to, to try and get back <laughs> so I could see again, like get off, raise the brain fog and <laughs> get the dust off my ankles so I could move around. And so we did get the right formula. And, and then I knew there had to be something more because I wasn't going to settle for being someone that had to only rely on a medication and and sometimes we have to but I knew with my fitness and education and nutrition background there has to be something more because obviously I'm not never specialized in anything like this so I had to be an advocate for myself and I actually had to look up and do the research and understand how what kind of things can I proactively do like what kind of training can I do? What kind of eating can I do? Is there other things that can help promote my body being back in sync again? And so 
we were able to get pregnant once again. And then, so it was an interesting journey. So as we got pregnant, we had to go up higher on the Synthroid and then we um, came down just a little bit. And then there was another time that we had a increase on it. And then we worked our way down. And, and so I think I went as high as 125 milligrams, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came down to 75 and then 50. And then it's, it was about five years that I'd been on the Synthroid. And so I was like, you know, I was talking to my doctor because we moved up to Washington and it's like, you know, do I still um, need to be on the Synthroid medication? She's like, well, she's like, if you want, you can try and go off of it. She's like, you'll know if you need to be on it. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, I guess (laughs) I'd be in tune. It'll let me know. And so thankfully, I really believe that from nutrition choices, um, from changing my workout, um, as it, and it just became a different chapter of training. My workouts have always, um, I've always liked to just pow, get it done. And like, I was never one who wanted to stay hours in the gym. So it was even better for me. So I really condensed it. And, you know, there were some days that, I had to go a lighter in learning that, especially during my pregnancy. I knew there was times that you have to go a little bit lighter because you're growing one and it's not just about you. And so, you know, learning this was quite a journey in itself. So after having both boys, knowing that, okay, well, this is a different type of training now. And so we're just trying to get your body back into a lifestyle mode where I can be functional and be that fun mom and do different things and last throughout the day. <laughs> so finding what would work in, in physical activity, what would work for me, what kind of foods to add into my more concerned. I always like to try add in things versus like, oh, I can't eat that anymore. Because then as soon as you start saying that, what do you think about? The one that's all thing. you think about, right? right? Exactly. That's like exactly where your focus goes. We get into that deprival stage and then oh. yes, the brain can only focus on that. So yes, yeah. exactly. So then I was like, oh, okay. So I know I'm going to have my two Brazil nuts every day. I, I could do my copper water. I could do my, you know, I, I remember increasing my greens. I remember increasing my protein take and um, decreasing gluten. I, ne- I never completely went gluten-free and I know some people have really done help if they do. Um, and I probably, I could try, I have tried it, but it's not one that I've kept with consistently. Well, and there's so many factors there that you're talking about. And I love that, you know, you brought in all of these different aspects. And so for each person, it's going to be different. And you're, the point that you're making is it doesn't have to be perfect, right? right. Gluten is highly inflammatory. Dairy is highly inflammatory, which is why when we remove them, it will help the body with healing and so that's key for many people that you were also using the Brazil nuts, which is selenium. The thyroid needs selenium. And so just two Brazil nuts a day gives you what you need for a healthy thyroid. And again, in a stressed out world, we're often not getting the minerals that our body needs. And so you're adding back in the minerals. You mentioned copper as well there. So there are nutritional ways that we can support our thyroid. Another one is iodine that people often need. Yeah. And removing toxicities because toxicities can block 
the uptake of some of those minerals from the food that we have as well. Right. And so you made all of these changes and I love what you're also talking about with adjusting your exercise Mm -hmm. because there is a place where we can over-exercise, right? And if we're over-exercising again, the body can't heal because that over-exercising is putting undue stress on the body. And Mm -hmm. very often Hashimoto's can be triggered by stress in the first place. Absolutely. Stress is causing an imbalance in our hormones, our progesterone and our estrogen. And that imbalance causes the thyroid to slow. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's one in eight women that end up with some kind of thyroid disease. And it's just because we live in such a stressed out world today and we don't realize this. And we're in that do, 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 go, go, go. You're competing, right? And that's a lot of effort to be competing at that high level that you were at. And so that was a lot of stress on your body and you were able to figure all of that out and start to shift things, shift your diet, shift your exercise routines while using that medication for the time that you needed it, but then ultimately to be able to come off it. Mm -hmm. And that's the message that I love for my audience to be able to hear is that they don't have to be on their medication for life. There are ways that you can wean down support yourself in doing so with the nutrition and the lifestyle changes. Absolutely. And you do this with a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I don't bring people off medications. If people want support with that, I do work with a doctor whose entire business is helping people come off their medications, but you did it with your doctor and they were helping you adjust your Synthroid dose as needed as you went through your pregnancy and and beyond. So I love all of this that you're sharing is absolutely incredible. And congratulations to you for believing in yourself and doing the research and knowing that you were worth it in order to not be dependent on that drug every day for the rest of your life. Because yeah. that has side effects too. Oh, it really does, you know, and it was one of those things. And, and you know, I had to be open to the possibility that that might be the case, but I knew there was things that I could be actively doing and that it it wasn't the end all right now because I was just diagnosed. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see what else can I add in? What else can I do? You know, thinking about the things that I can have control over exactly. to and support. So, and even if you can't come off the medication fully, you can bring the dosage down. Yeah. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content and there is a lot as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes. So I love that. And I love how you've shared how, you know, your exercise has transitioned as you've evolved. Is there anything more there that you want to share before we move on? Because I do have another question for you after that. Good. Yeah. You know, I I find that it's interesting um, what we do in our 20s is in thirties is different than what we do thirties and forties and then fifties and beyond and being open to understanding that maybe this is time to transition and being opened and not feeling like it's, um, 
like you're letting yourself down or you're not working hard enough. No, this is a new chapter and you're, this is a brand new um, adventure and finding out what works. It might even be a, a totally different style. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't come into yoga until uh, just after I was finished competing. And I, I really needed to find something that was a movement based, but hip hop dance didn't feel like the right thing. Cause again, there's a lot of like head twists and I, as much as I loved it, I needed something more calm. And so you know, I'm like, what's this yoga thing about? You know, how can somebody get all centered when they're like laying down in the morning? I'm like, you get up and you work and that. So trying to figure this out. So I went to some yoga classes and this was when I was living in Venice, California. So I was like in the heart of all these variety of yoga um, classes and instructors that were so amazing. So I really had some, again, wonderful mentors that I got to learn from. And just like any other exercise, there's a lot of different styles of yoga. And I think as I have grown and progressed in yoga, I my style is a little bit more fluid. It's um, into and out of, but led with breath work, um, you know, giving challenges and options of when you do want to do more. Yet the best part for me was those days that life felt hard or heavy, it was just as awesome to lay in child's pose for a moment or take a little bit longer in Shavasana, which is, is your lying flat back on your mat. And that was okay. And it was so lovely to be in an environment that it wasn't competitive. It wasn't about having the highest kick or the strongest muscles or the biggest flexibility, or it was a, just a really eye-opening new environment. And so I just say that because, you know, as we get stuck into our routines, sometimes you just might want to explore and try something else that you're just not familiar with, whether it's maybe ballroom dance or yoga or, you know, a light hiking or, you know, whatever, you know, excites you, then go ahead and, and just try it. I think giving ourselves these opportunities to continue to learn different movements. It also is really great for your brain. Like right now I'm, I'm learning pickleball and I'm actually signed up for a class, which is awesome because, you know, you, you hit the ball. And so, but now I'm understanding there's a strategy and I'm understanding the very big difference of having your mind body coordination versus your I hand ball coordination, totally different. <laughs> you know, like a, a swimmer is not going to train swimming to run a marathon. Like you have to engage in the sport that you're training for. But this way, adding an, a new activity or a new sport, it, it lets me get these new brain synapses engaged and it allows me this new challenge and I have found a new fun in it because it's keeps me moving, but it's not aching in any of my joints. So it, it satisfies the fun factor and it satisfies the, whew, I can still move after. <laughs> so just being open to new things. <laughs> well, I love what you've shared. There are several things is a, you mentioned the fun of it, right? So for any movement, we need it to be consistent, and so when you find the fun in it, then you're much more motivated to keep doing it, right? And what's fun for you might not be fun for the next person. And so 
make it about you and choose what's fun for you. And then just also what you're talking about in regards to the brain. Yes. Anytime we're learning something new, we're building neurology. And as we go through life, we want to kill, keep building neurology. Our brain is like a muscle. You use it or you lose it. You have to keep challenging it. And so that is a great way to, to challenge it. And I love my yoga. I didn't start yoga until about seven years ago. And you know, now it's, I love Hatha. I love Vinyasa. I love, but I also love restorative yoga and what a beautiful way to end your night and then go get into a really deep restorative sleep as a result. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some days I feel more energetic in my classes and some days I don't. And so again, it's listening to the body, but it's also bringing in that beautiful mindfulness that I didn't have in my life until I brought yoga into my life. Yeah. And so I would love for you to also share the impact that mindfulness plays in healing. And you have just been on a little bit of a healing journey that we were talking about right before we hit the record button. And I know you mentioned there was some mindfulness involved in your healing. And so please share that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, I've been doing, I think that's one of my newer and a more, um, enjoyable deep dives that I've been doing is that learning more about mindfulness and breath work. And the more I've been going deeper into that, the more I've been able to connect and, and know when I need to use that. So whether you're doing a meditation or a prayer or just a, even a simple breath like where you inhale for four counts, hold it for seven counts, exhale it for eight counts. So you're when you're exhaling slower, then you start to relax your body. So uh, two weeks ago from when we were recording this, I was in a car accident and I, I'm physically fine, a little bit more emotionally strained, but you know, I had to really go back and tap in to, okay, well, I'm going to do a lot more breath work. And even, even um, there was a couple of days I didn't drive, but mostly because I was um, just feeling a little bit scattered and not wanting to. So um, I knew that I can use my time wisely and even just taking a few moments each hour of resetting and using the breath work to kind of calm me down, get back centered again, and being mindful of the things that I can control um, and just being aware of that. And a lot of times as I'm guiding in yoga, it's I, I like to remind people to be aware of differences from your right side to your left side. And it's it's not good or bad. You're, you're never going to be 100% even on both sides, but just that awareness. Okay, well, my left side is a little bit tighter or my right side has more flexibility. So learning to have these awareness, that mindfulness without judgment and just take it in and then letting it go. Um, And I think I've done a lot more breath work in the car of late as well as I'm driving in the car by myself to pick up the kids and... (laughs) It is such a powerful tool that we carry with us that can literally drop us out of our fight or flight state into our rest and digest state with the example that you gave where that exhale is longer than the inhale, the four, seven, eight or five, five, seven breathing. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, the body doesn't heal 
in a stressed out state. So we have to be able to get ourselves into this rest and digest state, our parasympathetic nervous system in order for the body to heal. And the breath is such an easy way to do that. So thank you. Thank you so much for highlighting that. And then all the other mindfulness activities, whether it is a yoga class, whether it is meditation, whether it is some self-hypnosis, whatever it may be, again, like the exercise, find one that works for you, find one that you enjoy or have a few of them in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. I meditate, I use self-hypnosis, I breathe. So, you know, I do yoga. So I like to have all of them in my toolbox, but there's probably others that I haven't yet got in my toolbox. I know binaural beats is another one, um, yeah. listening to different hertz of music, right? I haven't actually done the binaural beats, but I do have listened to other different hertz of music. So there's so many tools that are available to us mm-hmm. and just, when we know what's available, then it's so much easier for us to go to it in our mm-hmm. moment of need when that need pops up. Yeah. So, yeah. To add on to having those in your toolbox. So I'm up in the Pacific Northwest and so there's forest bathing. So mm-hmm. just going on a very light hike or just even walking on a trail, you know, and being aware seeing the green trees, smelling the greenery, the grass or the pine, um, hearing the sounds of a woodpecker waking me up at five in the morning or (laughs) just be aware of, you know, and you can pull all the senses in and that nature is a really grounding way to kind of reconnect and again, come down out of it. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'm very fortunate too, because I'm just a bit further north of you and yeah. have nature all around me. And, you know, it's a beautiful, glorious spring day here. And so this morning I just went up into the woods behind my house and I was listening to the birds and just really enjoying being out in the fresh air. And I was just in a t-shirt because it suddenly warmed up and I could feel the breeze just blowing the hairs on my arms. And it was just so wonderful to start my day that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For people in big cities that don't have access, you can still go to your local park or you can take a day trip and go to, you know, enjoy some forest bathing yourself and make a plan and be aware of how different you feel as you leave the forest versus when you went into the forest and you'll notice what it does for you. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that information. And then the other thing too, is of course, in your line of work, just the importance of moving to what your body needs. And we touched on this a little bit earlier, like not overdoing it, just explain, you know, how people can understand what does their body need? Like I know, for instance, way back when we used to walk 15 miles a day, And now most people are not walking 15 miles a week. So we need to, as a population on this planet, we do need to be moving more. But how much is too much? Well, I think depends on like kind of where your your start base is and where where are you trying to go? So if you're doing a inventory on your body and saying, okay, if, if I'm too stressful, if my work is too stressful and my home is too stressful and I'm stressed because I'm not eating well, well, a high intensity workout is just going to be your fourth stressor you're adding into it. So what I would say on that was that would be somebody who would need something either more restorative more flexibility based or even shorter bursts of a workout. Like if they feel they really need to get that 
energy going than maybe something shorter like a, a Tabata workout or, or HIIT training. And in Tabata is where you have 20 seconds of high intensity. It could be a full body movement like um, squat jumps or lunges or push-ups. And then you get 10 seconds of rest. And then you do that for eight rounds. So it's a four minute total. And that would be one way you could do like one or two rounds of that. And sometimes, sometimes I'll mix it up with lunges and jumping jacks. And then the second set, I'll do something else like a, a push up and, you know, uh, step ups or something. So, you know, there's, there's different ways that you can do that, but short, short workouts. If you really feel like you need that intensity, or you can even break it down to like three days a week where it's a more strength training. Now, strength training doesn't have to always be only resistance, like with your dumbbells. Now, remember, strength training can also come from yoga. Strength training can come from Pilates. Uh, strength training can come from just basic calisthenics. So there's a wide variety. So when people say strength training, there's different meanings that that can have. So, and remembering yeah. we do want to keep that muscle mass, especially as we're aging. So having those type of strength training, having some cardio. And again, on the cardio, I wouldn't do like hours of low intensity cardio. I do like maybe more of a brisk walk, you know, but not a sprint walk, you know? So again, it's, it's something that you kind of have to play with and see how your body is reacting to that. So is, are you holding on to extra weight that, you know, wasn't there before, or are you extra tired? Do you feel a little extra foggy? Are you um, carrying a little extra in the midsection? So there's a lot of variables that do go into it, but most of all, you want your workout to leave you energized versus depleted. So I think that's a really big thing. Do you do you feel like you'll have more energy the rest of the day or are you like exhausted and can't function? You know, are you just waiting for bedtime? <laughs> and then, you know, you've overdone it. And then, you know, for next time that that was too much and you can adjust your workout. Yeah, of course. Another great way to figure that out is to work with a trainer, especially if you haven't been doing much exercise. You want to work with someone who knows what they're doing that can meet you where you're at and help build you up to a point where you're exercising at an optimal level. And initially, that optimal level might be lower than what you think it is in your mind. Right. And so that's why starting working with a trainer is really, really helpful. So, yeah. I and love they can help you, like create that that muscle toolbox, right? So they can give you a couple workouts that you can have at all times. That, oh, okay. Well, today maybe I should do this one. If but getting getting that toolbox, just like we would have a, a mental health or you know a self care toolbox, just like your strength training, having a toolbox of movements to do. I love that. And I love all that you've shared here today. It's absolutely been amazing. And it's just tying in beautifully too, because I've just started a new course, which is all about slowing down our aging process, right? Mm -hmm. Right now, some people are aging at one biologically 1.5 times faster than their calendar year aging, right? Mm -hmm. And with all of the latest advances in science, et cetera, and the understanding of our body and how it works in epigenetics, we know that through the right nutrition and the right movement and the right sleep, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, managing your stress so that you're not constantly in chronic stress, that you can actually slow your aging down mm -hmm. to 
you know, 0.84 for every calendar year, which is really cool. And of course, in the next five to 10 years, so much more is going to come out in this regard. So I don't know if you're like me and you want to live as long as possible because you have a lot to do in this life, then this is something that you also want to know about as well. And so I'm so excited to be taking this training and uh, and sharing that with people. And uh, my last episode talked about that as well. But I love that in your work, Laura, you are addressing this and helping people just naturally be able to age well because you're building in all of these key pieces. So love the work that you're doing. And a question I love to ask all of my guests, what does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? For me, it just means let's get going that you've got this and that today is the day that you need to take action, that you don't need to wait for tomorrow, next week, next Monday, next month, next year. Today, do one thing, drink an extra glass of water today, do an extra 10 minute walk outside, do a 10 minute yoga class, do something today and let this be the start of moving forward. So true and so simple. And yet it's not easy, but hopefully everyone's going to hear Laura's voice going, start today. Start today. (laughs) And if people want to get hold of you, how can they reach you? Yeah, so you could visit me over at theyogafitlife.com, which is my website where it's our online yoga and strength training studio. And I'm always active on Instagram and you can see me there under Laura Mac Fit Life and it's M-A-K for Mac or at the Yoga Fit Life on Instagram as well. So I'm on social media and I look forward to connecting with you. And I wanted to talk about an offer that I'd love to share with your listeners. So what I'd like to give them is a two week um, free two weeks with the yogafitlife.com. And you can just use the code uh, podcast and that when you, there's a application part there, you can put that word in and then you'll get your two weeks free and try it out. We have, so many classes. We've got foam rolling, strength training, body resistance, 30 minutes or less yoga, 30 minutes and more. So we've got something for everyone to keep you active, moving and energizing. I love that. Thank you so much for that generous offer. So all of that information, the free gift, how to access it, as well as all of your contact information will be in the show notes as well. And yeah, what a beautiful gift to have two weeks to just, you know, try everything that you have to offer and decide the right classes for you. I love it. So are there any, is there any last tip you would like to leave the audience before we wrap up this episode today? Just know that there are things that you can do that you can take charge of the things that you can control. And just remembering that doing a little extra research and putting in that effort towards it can really make a difference in the long run and being confident and kind to yourself. I think those are the last two things, confident in your abilities and kind and patient with yourself. Those two things go together. Wonderful words of wisdom. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Laura. You're an inspiration and I really hope the audience has you know, heard this and can share this episode with anybody else that needs to hear it to give them hope 
that they too can do this and that you can do the research. You can seek the support of someone who can help guide you. And just because you have a diagnosis doesn't mean you have to have that for the rest of your life. It's not a life sentence. The body is an incredible miracle when we create the space for it to heal, it will heal. So thank you again for being on the show, Laura. Thank you as always to my audience for tuning in and listening and learning about your health and choosing to take proactive steps in optimizing your health. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.